Welcome back to the Citizens Defending Freedom show. Coming up today, we will hear how Miami-Dade School Board voted against recognizing October as LGBTQ History Month, learn the power behind Frederick Douglass, and how a Soros-aligned district attorney has resigned. All of that and more is ahead on today's show. But first, before we get started, head to our website, citizensdefendingfreedom.com, and hit the subscribe button to make sure you don't miss out on any of our content. After intense pressure from their local communities, the school board of Miami-Dade County Public Schools voted no on recognizing October 2023 as LGBTQ History Month. On September 6th, the Miami-Dade School Board met for their monthly board meeting. The meeting, which convened at 11 a.m. and lasted for over 13 hours, saw hundreds of citizens speak on item H11 during the public comment portion of the meeting. This is the third consecutive year that school board member Lucia Baez-Geller has sponsored H11. In 2021, the board voted unanimously in favor of passing the proposal. In 2022, when Baez-Geller sought to pass the proposal again, H-11 was met with intense pushback from the community, as well as Miami-Dade County Citizens Defending Freedom, who promised legal recourse if the proposal passed. After multiple concerns were brought to light surrounding the inclusion of age-inappropriate instructional and supplemental materials, ignoring parental rights, and the absence of opt-out provisions, the school board unanimously voted no on passing H-11. Now, in 2023, Baez Geller has once again sought to make October LGBTQ History Month. Recent aggressive Antifa attacks in Miami have slowed local conservative grassroots efforts, and members of Miami-Dade County Citizens Defending Freedom are concerned this was seen as an opportunity to defy parental choice and present H-11 once again. Despite local efforts to quiet conservative voices, hundreds attended the school board meeting to speak out against the proposal. 2021 and 2022 were incredibly divisive years for parents and this board. After a year of pleading that parents be allowed to say, this board voted no on H11 last year. Parents and citizens alike felt like finally you were listening. This was until H11 was presented again this year. Now more than ever, we recognize that taking our foot off the gas means that parents of this county lose their say in the education of their children. To those that will speak today in favor of H11, I ask why the whole month of June is not enough for you. That is why on behalf of the CDF and our legal team, I'm here today to remind you that voting in favor and implementing this item would result in violations of including, but not limited to the following Florida statutes. 10-1404, as it infringes on parental rights to direct the upbringing and moral and religious training of their minor children. 10-1405, as the item does not provide for parents to be able to review whatever supplemental materials their children will be exposed to. 10-1405-1C, which protects parents' right to object to any instructional materials or other materials on the basis of beliefs related to morality, religion, and sexuality. 1002.20, as this item does not provide adequate opt-out provisions. As a concerned community member of Miami-Dade County, I urge you to comply with Florida law and vote no on H-11. H-11 is a Trojan horse to speak with students about LGBT topics without parental consent. This is not about teaching history. This is about indoctrination. A yes vote will set a dangerous precedent. A yes vote tells parents and students your sexual desires are more important than your achievements. I urge this board to vote no because it will not bring the inclusion and welcoming environment you hope for.
Isabella Rodriguez, Executive Director of Miami-Dade Citizens Defending Freedom, is with us today. Bella, thank you for being here. That was such an incredibly long meeting. Were you expecting the massive amount of citizens who turned out to speak against the bill? Yeah, I think that any time that a controversial bill like this is presented, the community down here in Miami-Dade does a really excellent job of coming together. This isn't the first year that we've been through this. We had to fight H-11 last year in 2022. Um, and I think that, you know, part of that fight was, you know, grassroots efforts were a lot more involved uh, during, of course, an on-election year. Um, and it had definitely slowed down a little bit going into this year. And it, it felt very much like the bill had been, pre- not the bill, I'm sorry, but that H-11 had been presented again as a way of just testing the waters, almost like a power struggle. Like, let's see if the parents really are still involved. Let's see if the community really does still care. Is this conversation still alive? Um, And, you know, I think that it definitely, the community showed out. Uh, It was a very long meeting and people were determined to make their voices heard. So despite the meeting going on until one o'clock in the morning, we had members of the community that were waiting at that time, waiting to speak and wait, ready to hear their voices, uh, make their voices heard. How much opposition did you all receive from those who supported H-11? So there was some opposition. Predominantly, I would say it came from the teachers union and students that had been bused in to speak at the um, at the at the meeting. I'd say that overwhelmingly, however, it was uh, members of the community that were opposing H-11. Uh, you always kind of wonder, did we do enough work? Did we call enough people? Did we do enough media to get the, the, the support that we need out there? And we definitely did. It was a very proud moment for the community to come together and see that outpouring. So I would say that there was some opposition, as would be expected. Uh, But the voices of common sense and reason definitely drowned that out. Thank you for speaking up during this meeting and reminding the board that they have to comply with Florida law. Thank you, Bella. Now we were with Kay Carl Smith, foremost expert on diversity engagement and author of Frederick Douglass Republicans, the movement to reignite America's passion for liberty. Kay Carl, thank you for being with us. Can you tell us about your new book? Oh, the the book... It, it encompasses the messaging strategy that we need to save America. You know, in the last election, there may have been some issue with the voter integrity, but our messaging uh, is is below par. So even if we fix the, the problem of voter integrity, if our messaging sucks, if you will, we still lose. So we got to get our messaging right. So what this book is all about is to empower liberty advocates, conservatives, if you will, empower them with the confidence, the knowledge, and the skill, and the strategy on how to become better messengers of liberty, how to have conversation with your friends, your family members, how to get people who traditionally don't vote uh, for liberty to vote for our, our candidates so we can save America, and most importantly, to awaken the younger generation, and even people in my generation, about the value of liberty. So we got to counter this whole Marxist agenda that's being pushed. And the best way to defeat Marxism is with Frederick Douglassism. Who was Frederick Douglass? Let me give you a quick uh, two-minute version. Born 1818 in the Eastern Shores area of Maryland, the way I like to always put it, since Frederick Douglass was born into slavery, he was born below poverty. He was a slave for the first 20 years of his life, never slept in the bed, in the bed at age 10, never had a pair of shoes at age uh, 12. 
He was homeschooled, self-taught, taught himself how to read and write because he rejected the slave master's common core curriculum that was imposed at that time from the slave master. And then kind of fast forward a little bit, Douglas escaped from slavery at the age of 20. And then here's some tidbits about Douglas's life that's really going to blow your mind. Number one, he was an advisor to five Republican presidents. Let me go through them right quickly. Abraham Lincoln, Ulysses S. Grant, James Garfield, Rutherford Hayes, and Benjamin Harrison. Um, he wrote three autobiographies. I don't know anybody before him wrote three autobiographies, but he wrote three autobiographies covering different segments of his life. And also, one of the great trivia questions about Douglas is, how much money did Douglas have in savings at the time of his death? I know you know that answer, Lindsay. $300,000, which is in, in uh, today's money, that's over, that's over $30 million. So Douglas, who began his life as a sub-zero percenter, he died a one percenter. But most importantly, what we talk about in the book, is not only about Douglas's life, but his liberty message. He wrote about free speech. He wrote about the right of people keeping bare arms. He wrote about um, economic prosperity. He wrote about religious liberty, uh, legal immigration, parental school choice, all the things that's being attacked today. Fortunately for us who are liberty advocates, Frederick Douglass wrote about them and he preached about them. So the book is about taking Douglass' liberty message and making it relative for the day so we can save this nation once again, like he did with Abraham Lincoln. What do you see happening in the next election? Do you think more people will go out and vote? And when I said that, I'm primarily talking about the African-American community. Think about this. The Democrat Party has gone so far left that a lot, as I travel the country, I talk to a lot of blacks, a lot of blacks have become independents. Okay? They left, they left the Democrat Party. They become independents because they're not, and many of them are still voting that way or not voting at all. And the reason why they're not going to vote for the alternative Republicans, because we have that brand problem. In the black community, the issue of race and racism is paramount. It's above all else. Until we can improve our brand and show we're not racist uh, on Uncle Tom's, we're not going to get that black vote because black folks are not going to vote for somebody they think is a racist, period. Matter of fact, I contend that blacks will vote for a socialist before they vote for a racist, somebody perceived as a racist. Bernie Sanders had more support from blacks than President Trump did. And Bernie Sanders was a devout, self-proclaimed so, uh, communist, socialist. And so we got to improve our brand. And uh, the, way, the way we improve our brand, you've got to get, get rid of the word conservative and embrace the liberty message of Frederick Douglass. Let that change hearts and minds. Douglass is the game changer. We've got to be wise to leverage it. Thank you, K. Carl, for being with us. Next, a soft-on-crime district attorney who aligned with George Soros-backed organizations resigned from his position on September 5th, months before he was set to face a civil removal trial initiated by a local citizen. Former Nueces County District Attorney Mark Gonzalez resigned his position rather than face scrutiny and potential removal for the charge of incompetence at trial. You may have seen the story making the rounds in the mainstream media, but the truth behind his resignation has been shadowed by his announcement that he's running against Senator Ted Cruz. The truth of the matter is that Mark Gonzalez was facing a removal trial for official misconduct and incompetence. 
He has failed repeatedly to protect the citizens of Nueces County, allowed dangerous criminals to walk free, and instead of accepting accountability, he resigned from office. The choice to run against Senator Ted Cruz was simply to distract the nation from the real problem. Soft on crime, Soros-aligned district attorneys who are destroying their communities are being held accountable. Gonzalez, first elected in 2016, has been under scrutiny during his tenure for the high rate of criminal dismissals, mishandlings of murder cases, mishandling of evidence, lack of oversight, and failing to pursue charges against violent offenders. Citizens Defending Freedom contends that his actions have led to a revolving door criminal justice system in Nueces County, where offenders, even violent offenders, have been released back to the streets where police officers are discouraged from making arrests. With us today is Citizens Defending Freedom Texas State Director Colby Wilty. Colby is a citizen of Nueces County who filed the petition for Gonzalez's removal. Colby, thank you for being here. Can you tell us how big of a win this is for the citizens of Nueces County? Lindsay, this is a huge win for the citizens of Nueces County. As you know, this trial has uh, been underway or been in the works for almost a year now. And I can tell you just the impact that it's made, especially for the families who were victimized by this district attorney's policies in our community. I've, we've had so many people reach out and just thank us. And my hope is that by doing this, um, just gives those people a sense of justice, those who lost loved ones who were victims under his policies. Um, but I can tell you it's had a tremendous impact in our community. Well, thank you, Colby, and congratulations on this huge win. Citizens Defending Freedom General Counsel Jonathan Houlihan says County Attorney Jenny Dorsey was well prepared for the removal trial, including an impressive slate of former district attorneys to testify as expert witnesses. Houlihan is hopeful that some of Gonzalez's previously dismissed cases that still fall within the statute of limitations could be reopened and that victims of violent crimes will still be able to find closure. Hopefully, Gonzalez's removal will restore confidence in the Nueces County District Attorney's Office and show the citizens of Nueces County that law and order will be restored. Republican Governor Greg Abbott will appoint Gonzalez's replacement. Before we go, we want to leave you with our inspirational Bible verse of the week. This week's verse is Philippians 2.4. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take interests in others too. As you can see, Citizens Defending Freedom is doing important work. Help us today in our mission to educate and empower American citizens. Please visit citizensdefendingfreedom.com where you can learn more about our organization and generously contribute to our cause. Have a great day and make sure to like us on social media and tell your friends about the great things we're doing. God bless.